What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today for our New Year's episode, which I have so lovingly um, called Out of the Dark, Escaping 2020. So <laughs> today, what we have decided to do is we are taking a look at the first season of the Into the Dark series, which is on Hulu. If any of you guys aren't familiar with it, it is an anthology quote unquote series that is produced by the boy Blum himself. Uh, yeah, Jason Blum produces this. Basically what it is, is each installment is a horror movie that is centered around a holiday. So we decided to take a look at that. We each watched it individually and then we ranked them individually. And then we got together and we fought it out and put together to the death, to the death. Basically, we both died, <laughs> but we were like, oh, man, we still have to record the episode. So let's come back to life. We <laughs> we put together our collective homie ranking of all 12 installments of the first season of Into the Dark. So we are going to be going through our ranking with you guys today, doing some quick reviews for each of them and letting you guys know what is worth checking out in that first season and what is worth skipping. But before we get into that, I also just wanted to let you homies know we will be taking uh, just one week off from our recording. We won't have a new episode coming out um, this upcoming Monday, which is the 4th no new episode, but we will be back to regularly scheduled episodes the next Monday after that, the 11th. So take that time, catch up on some of our old episodes, or check us out. We will still be streaming that Monday at 6 p.m. PST. So if you are missing us, you can come and watch us there. But other than that, just catch up on the old episodes. But without any further ado, let us get into the Into the Dark countdown. Do, 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 do. <laughs> What's up? Homies. Let's get started with number 12. And for number 12, we have Treehouse, the International Women's Day episode. Treehouse is the revenge story revolving around Peter, a discount Chef Ramsay, who is forced to face his past when he escapes to his vacation home after a recent wave of bad press. Unfortunately for Peter, he can't escape from a vengeful group of women bent on bringing dark judgment on the womanizing chef. So this was our last place yes. for, for this series for a couple of reasons. Like, pro... pro Pros of this installment, I would say, is it's got a good message that it's trying to do, and it's definitely trying to, um, you know, be a woman empowerment film. However, we both collectively had some issues about the way it was shot, the way the characters were written, and then the overall story itself was a little bit lacking. Right. And this, out of all of the ones that were from this season, I think was also the most poorly shot 
um, the it almost seems like they were trying to go for like an indie uh shaky cam oh yeah movement random zoom in kind of a thing but this movie is far too polished and obviously has too much money put into it to pull off those kinds of shots so instead of ends up looking like the cameraman fell asleep for a minute and then they shook him awake and he was like <laughs> oh my god like that's what it feels like sometimes and so Compared to the other ones, especially because where this one falls in the lineup, you've seen some that were way better shot ahead of it. It's such a step down that it's almost jarring. Like it almost doesn't even feel like it should be within this series. Right. That's how I felt. It really felt like they were going for like woman's empowerment, Donnie Darko, <laughs> but it just fell real flat in that regard. Um, again, mm -hmm. Mess message message was good and i know they were trying to go for that but overall i think whatever they set out to do they didn't quite capture it with this one and even though it's you know it's a movie it, yeah. the other ones on this list are far better and you'll see why yes but this is i think you'll agree with this this is the one out of all of them that i could safely say go ahead and skip it like there's really no need to watch this one it was yeah. our easiest one to put in its place as being last because it was just so forgettable and so cringy. I would also like mm -hmm. to give a warning if any of you homies are like, oh, well, I got to see this because of how bad it is. It does have it, it does mention sexual assault and the way they do it, first of all, is very tone deaf and off putting. And the resolution that they come to made me uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't know whether to be serious about it or to be more lighthearted about it. And I just wanted to give you guys a heads up. If you're still interested in watching this for some reason, just know that it is very much about that. And it's very weird. Yeah. Big, big tr trigger warning on that one. Yes. Um, but yeah. How about we uh, move on to number 11? Number 11. All right, number 11 is They Come Knocking, which is the Father's Day installment. And in this one, a father and his two daughters take a road trip to deal with their grief and attract some unwanted visitors. So this one is a good story. Um, the acting in it is, is fine. The characters as individuals are also fine. I mean, we like we follow a family, they're they're okay. <laughs> like I have no mm -hmm. issues with they're fine. They're fine. The family's, the family's fine. fine. I have no issues with the family. The biggest issue with this movie is that the stakes are never like high enough. We non existent, non let's just yeah. say <laughs> there are no stakes. stakes. The rules don't matter. Everything's made up. So it's like you don't really care about the danger that they're in because our villains that we are given, we don't know what they do. Like, we don't know who they are. We don't know what they do. We don't know what they're capable of. So you're never really scared for the characters because it just seems like the villains are like, like it's their first time and they're like, what are we doing now? Oh, okay, <laughs> we're spooking them. I can do that. So it's just hard to care, I guess. Yeah. It, it it and it's a shame because this one I thought was going to be really good going into it. 
Um, it starts off slow, but the way it was shot, I thought it was shot very well. Um, has a lot of Hills Have Eyes kind of vibe with being like desolate and out in the desert. So I thought that over time, the movie was going to get better. But overall, the lack of stakes and yeah, very unimposing villains make this entry, although uh, better than Treehouse, um, still lower on the list. I think another thing too about this one is the scares in this one were some of the most well executed in, mm-hmm. for me. They do set up some really effective scares. They have some really creepy makeup on some of the characters. But another problem with that is the most effective scares don't come from the, the there's like this group of kids and that's like the scary part. They don't, they're not the scary thing. It's when they are acting like other characters when they're scary. So even them as, as you know the monster it's kind of silly like when you see their face you're like oh Mm -hmm. what is that like what what (laughs) what happened who are you (laughs) it's they're not scary or imposing and you kind of are just like okay just chuck the kid like just kick him (laughs) kick the kid out of the way (laughs) imagine watching or being in the purge and then somebody knocks on your door and you open it and it's just like a four foot tall kid with a mask on wearing a hoodie (laughs) you're like ooh scary what the fuck you want some candy so yeah (laughs) yeah and and the other thing too is the villains can't come in unless you invite them in so that's another thing yes. where it's a, Stay a very easy fix. And also they break their own rules almost immediately. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's one of those ones where it's not bad, but it, it just doesn't, by the end of it, everything that came, the resolution that you were given, everything that came before, makes it so insignificant it was almost just a waste of time and you're like why did we even have to go through all of this in the first place because in the end it means nothing and that was the (laughs) most frustrating thing about this one because i think it had one of the most promising like things behind it the setting was great the idea was very scary. The atmos- atmosphere in this movie is really good. Like, yeah. they're really good about atmosphere, especially, like, the night shots. I thought the night shots were super, like, scary and unnerving until, again, the end. things weren't scary anymore. And didn't you say that this was the one that you didn't realize it was for Father's Day? Like, this was the one that was most removed from its holiday? Yeah. I had no I had no idea that this was for Father's Day. So, just click. To clarify, before watching all of these, I did not check to see <laughs> what their what their corresponding days were. So I just kind of watched them without knowing. And yeah, this was the hardest one to realize. Like, oh, this is a Father's Day thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't know if that's like a good thing. Like, oh, they took it in such a different direction, or if that's a bad thing. Like, oh, they really, they really messed up. I don't know. Eh, I don't know. If they're going for the niche, they lost points. That's, that's <laughs> they my failed. opinion. So they failed. D minus for They Come Knocking. <laughs> <laughs> but we will go ahead and move right into number 10. All right. Number 10, New Year, New You. So clearly this is our New Year's entry. 
a group of former childhood friends meet up to ring in the new year before Alexis bids farewell to her childhood home. The New Year's party unfortunately goes south when one of the girls seeks revenge on the other for pushing one of their previous friends to commit suicide. And so this one comes in at number 10. The idea is fun. This is definitely, I think, geared more towards like millennials and the new age because it has a very heavy emphasis on social media and like technology and stuff like that. So it's definitely geared more towards a younger audience, I think. And overall, the group dynamics are fun and it's a fun sort of cat and mouse style of horror movie. This one, we had a little bit of different differing opinions mm-hmm. on. But overall, we thought good movie. It's just the execution of certain things could have been better. Yeah, I think the biggest thing with this movie is very similar to Treehouse is the tone of it is a little bit hard to pin down because yeah. some of the characters are very caricature and you can tell like okay this isn't a real person this is for comedic effect or you know some kind of not supposed to be taking this serious effect but then we have this character of Kayla in it who was one of my favorite characters in any of the movies that we watched and she is so grounded in reality and she almost seems like she should be in a different movie and then some of the Mm -hmm. things that happen in this movie are like very outlandish and obviously wouldn't have wouldn't happen in the real world but then there are other things that happen where you're like okay this is kind of deep and serious and should i be taking this seriously should i not like we're also just it's hard to tell yeah it's hard to tell i think this one just kind of flip-flopped back and forth and I wonder if even maybe they weren't quite sure but the ending of it I think was a they they have a really good ending to it and then the middle of it is really strong I honestly think it's the beginning that is slow to get into yeah and this movie out of all the movies I'll say this one definitely surprises more so than others like it's hard to see some of the twists coming but that's also a a bit of a pro and a con because I think even the movie itself is having a hard time keeping up with how swift the movements are between plot points that things get a little bit jumbled. And once we get into the meat of this story, like Erica was saying, it gets more enjoyable. It gets more fun, but the beginning is a little bit of a slog. And once you get to the twist, it's almost like, did we even need that beginning in the first place? Like, what was the point? That's true. Yeah. Now that you say that, that I feel like we probably could have skipped a lot of that beginning. Because the like it's a group of friends setting up for a New Year's Eve party. Once we actually get to the party, like that's when all the interesting ha- stuff happens. Or I guess I should say once we get to midnight, watching them set mm-hmm. up for the party is like... Uh, this it feel I'm like I could have just gone over to my friend's house and watched them blow up balloons if I wanted to <laughs> hang out for this. But you know, it's fine. And also, I will say another pro that I like of this movie is you don't learn they keep a lot of it like a secret or almost like they leave it up to the audience to come to their own conclusions of what happened. And I thought that that was really cool. Like there's this whole plot point that one of their friends when they were younger um 
like committed suicide and they never really go too much into detail about like what exactly happened what led to it what they did and i thought that that was a cool you know decision because in most movies they you would know exactly what happened and i liked being able Mm -hmm. to like make up my own scenario and be like okay sure that's probably what happened um so i don't know that might be a a negative for some people because i saw a lot of the reviews were like i wish i knew what happened but for me i thought (laughs) i don't know i thought that was cool i thought it was an interesting way of doing that yeah some people like to just be told and other people like to you know piece it together i will also say that um the actress that plays danielle who's supposed to be like the social Mm. media influencer Mm -hmm. i do think she does a phenomenal job of portraying that caricature um archetyped i think they re they really did a good job in exploring who that character is and how they would handle this particular situation and you know they take it to extremes but i still believe that character it's just for me a big thing is even though i believe that character as far as a lot of the villains go this was one of the weaker villains to me mm-hmm. and It's just because of that and because the tone is a little bit all over the place, I think maybe if this movie had sat in the satirical world for the majority of it, it would have been a bit stronger. But because it bounces back and forth, it's hard to really get as grounded as Kayla is. Right. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I would I would say, though, homies, I think this is the first one that I would say. I would recommend this one. We This is the first one also, too, where we were fairly different in our ranking, our individual rankings. So for me personally, I would I would say this one is worth watching um, because it is an interesting story. It just has some, I think they just need to fine tune uh, like the plot and the characters a little bit yeah. more and it would have been great. This, <laughs> this one, this one would be a good one to get started in the series on too, just mm-hmm. because like it'll set, it'll set you up for what to expect for the rest of these movies. Cause it does, it does still kind of follow a little bit of the formula that you'll see throughout these movies. And between this and they come knocking in Treehouse, I think this one um, will definitely put you in the right mindset to watch these. I agree. Um, so yeah, that was New Year, New You. And yeah, shall we move into number nine? Yes. So number nine is Pure, and this is the Daughter's Day um, installa- installation. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. Sure. So this installment is installment. How embarrassing! I'll edit that out, you guys. Um. So <laughs> this is no, she won't. No, she won't. <laughs> this is for Daughters' Day, and the synopsis for this one is: a group of young women at a father-daughter retreat discover there's something more sinister happening after performing a secret ritual. So, in my opinion, pure. Although it is still kind of lower in our ranking, Pure is a better version of what Treehouse tried to do. And what I mean by that is it's very much a women empowerment movie and it's not subtle by any means. I mean, (laughs) you can see the message from the way that they say things. People will outright say, you know, well, why is it a man's right to t- 
tell me to smile, you know, things like that. And you're like, okay, yeah, it's not subtle or anything, but I do think that this movie has a much better group of women to follow. Like the relationship mm -hmm. that the girls have in this movie is so much more interesting to me and so much more believable and loving than the one in Treehouse. So I cared about the protagonists in this one and I wanted them to, you know, fight the power. I wanted them to get the upper hand <laughs> over the people at the retreat because I enjoyed the bonds that they formed in this one. Yeah. And the villains in this one, though realistic because it's just older dudes, are just so <laughs> cringy and uncomfortable in the worst way. Where this this particular movie doesn't stray too far into the supernatural. It does for a bit. And it was honestly one of the weaker points was when it tried to stray into the supernatural minus the ending, which is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> mm -hmm. But for the most part, a lot of the supernatural are your typical jump scares that you're used to and everything else. So they don't really work as well as the atmospheric terror, I think, around watching these girls be mistreated in the most weird uncomfortable way by their by their parents it's 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 we it's weird it's weird it's, yeah. i still feel uncomfortable about this movie. it is very <laughs> weird it's um it's like the they have a lot of cool shots in this movie like all the women always have to wear white and there's you know these sweeping shots of them walking across this green grass things like that are cool um, yeah, it's just the any of the scenes with the dads and the daughters interacting is always awkward and gross, which it's supposed to be like, that's not their fault, yeah, but it's, it's just point. like, you're just like, can we get past this? Because there is this supernatural element that is necessary for the ending, but also so like pushed in there randomly. Like every time we see the ghost or you know the supernatural entity she always has they did the truth they were trying out the truth or dare stupid smile in this movie because she always does that and it looks ridiculous <laughs> she looks so silly and you, you're like okay and what did you say they do that that mirror scare the one where she's yeah. in oh, the mirror like three times God, like you barely get away with one of those in a horror movie in 2020 and 2021. So the fact that this movie does it like three times was very unforgivable and definitely a big reason. Mm -hmm. Big reason why it's a little bit lower on the list, because as far as these horror movies go, probably the least scary, still uncomfortable and gross. But on scare level is pretty low on this. Yeah, one. scares, worst jump scares of all of them. Good tension. I will say that the tension builds fairly well, um, but it's not scary. It's just like suspenseful and you're wondering what's going to happen in the end. Um, and I also need to point out that the main character's creepy dad is the dad from Santa Jaws. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, is I... Gumi? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to place them for the entire movie. And then after we actually came up with a list, I was like, who is this guy? And I looked him up. And I was like, oh, my God. Santa it's Santa baby. Does he just always play bad dads? I think so. That might be his niche. That might be his little thing that, that he falls on into. on his resume? 
hey, he did he did great in both movies. He played the worst dads. Yeah, he did because he was very creepy in this movie. You hate him. Like, yeah, he's <clears> really <throat> annoying in Santa Jones, but I didn't hate him in this movie. I was like, you can choke. And maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know, homies. Um, but yeah, so that was Pure, which was coming in at number nine. Shall we go on to number eight? So at number eight, we have All That We Destroy, the Mother's Day installment. This movie is the story of a geneticist with a murderous son who clones various victims in an attempt to keep her child from becoming a serial killer. And this one, we'll let you homies know that we were a little divided on coming into for... <laughs> very divided on. <laughs> we, 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 we were very divided on this one. But one of the things that we did agree on is this one is shot very well and has one of the most interesting plots out of all the installments in this series. Mm -hmm. The flip side of that, though, is some of the characters are a little bit on the weaker side and... A lot of the ideas that sounded awesome on paper, once actually explored in reality, fell a little bit short for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I will say for me, I had this ranked very low, be only because um, the concept of this one is so strong, and this one to me was the most like Black Mirror esque tale oh a hundred yeah hundred and i love black mirror and so i was ready to love this one and maybe that's my bad because i went in with such high expectations but i think that the writing of this one more so let it down than anything for me the acting of it was fine like i thought everybody played their characters well but it's it's one of those ones where a it, it needs a lot of exposition because there's a lot going on. It's very like technologically and futuristically set. So they kind of have to bring you up to speed about what's happening. And also one of our main characters is a character that doesn't rem like loses their memory often. And so we're watching her a lot of the time catch up to what we already know. And maybe that's I, it was just hard for me to relate to it because the dialogue just felt so like stilted in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. That's and, and that's fair. And on the flip side, I had this one rated really highly on my list. And my big thing is I thought with the combination of the tension and great acting for the most part from everybody in the in the movie um created this really nice level of tension because they present this idea of we have a serial killer we know who it is we know they kill people but it's more so the story of is he going to kill somebody else outside of the people we know he's killing and watching that play out and again super interesting concept it's just like, even though I had this very high on my list because I loved it so much, after having conversations about it and kind of talking some of the stuff out, it did lose a little bit of its initial sheen and luster because one of the main characters <laughs> does make some very detrimental decisions towards the end that are very out of place. And it seems like there are a chunk of things within this 
within this plot that could have been avoided with a little bit smarter thinking. Yeah, I'm gonna call her out. Marissa, um, girl, we need to talk. <laughs> I There are only about, there are only like four main characters in this movie. It's a very isolated kind of movie. Um, so there are only four main characters and then we have like a couple side people that we see every once in a while. Um, so you really have to care about, or at least be, you know, invested in the, the few characters that we have. Um, and one of them, Marissa, that we were kind of divided on was I really, really had a hard time dealing with her. She's just, she was way too much for me. She was way too unbelievable for me. <laughs> Every time she popped up on screen, I was like, this girl again? Can we get a restraining <laughs> order? Somebody send her home. Like every time I saw her, I got... I was just very, very frustrated. And that is nothing. It's true. She, she hated her. She, I was, yeah. she hated her. I was going her. off when we were ranking this. But, and it's, it's nothing to do with the actress. She, you know, mm. she plays the character how the character is meant to be. It's just, they had to, they had to give her a reason to want to interact with um, Spencer, who is the son, they had to give them a reason to interact. And instead of making their relationship unfold naturally, immediately she sees him and she's like, ooh, curly hair, pale skin. He's weird. Mm. Like, I love him. <laughs> and she was obsessed with this boy. And it was just hard for me to take seriously. That's fair. I, on the flip side, thought <laughs> I had no problems with Marissa. I thought she was fine. And I thought, like, midpoint through the movie, she was making some, like, smart observations and moving in a pretty intelligent way. <laughs> it's just towards the end, that all kind of fell to shit. Um, and she just made some super dumb choices that, for me, definitely took me out. Um, though, though, I will also tail end that with the character that plays Ashley or Ashley 2.0, whatever you want to call her. Um, I thought that playing the whole amnesia but figuring things out trope that she had to work with, I thought she did a really mm -hmm. good job. And I actually think that they wrote that character pretty well in the sense that that character found out what was going on in an organic way for me. Yes, I agree. Ashley is definitely a highlight of this movie. And maybe I just wanted a little bit more time with her. I think that's the biggest thing is I just wanted more time with our main three, which would be mm -hmm. the mother, Spencer and Ashley. Like I wanted it all to be about them. But, yeah. you know, we start to branch out a little bit, which is fine. It just I think they had to write in some convoluted things to branch out. Um, and I was like, I wanted more of the core story. Um, which we do get more to, like towards the end we start to get more into it so the, the ending of it is it's fine I think maybe this is like one of my least favorite endings of all of them but to be fair guy like a lot of these installments have a some kind of twist ending this is one that you kind of figure out the twist like it gives you the twist basically at the beginning so this is one where you know there's no like gotcha ending which is fine it doesn't need to be but uh, it's, or, it's 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 organic like yeah. it's not it's not a it's not a super big twist but like you get why mm -hmm. um but overall divided we were able to come to <laughs> a consensus and place it at number eight on our list number eight 
All right. <laughs> and moving into number seven. So number seven is the body, which is our Halloween installment. So in number seven, a hired hitman, hitman, a hired, <laughs> we're going to take that back. Mm, let's try that one more time. A hired hitman goes on a cat and mouse chase on Halloween night after his target's body is stolen from a party. So this one is, it's very Halloween-y. I think out of all of them, it's super Halloween-y. Out of most of them, this one very much, like, jumped, dived into its holiday. And also this one is very obvious. Like, I think for some of the ones rated lower than this, the tone was a little bit flip floppy. I think for this one, they definitely jumped into the like, okay, this is not meant to be taken seriously. Um, yeah, and it work, It works really well mm -hmm. for this one. Oh yeah, I don't think it would have worked any other way because- Nah, if they played this one straight, ugh, no way. Yeah, it would have been trash. It would have been number 12 for sure. Cause it, the tongue in cheekness of it makes you want to continue the story because it is a ridiculous, like this hitman, no, like on Halloween, he wraps up his dead body in a bunch of saran wrap and basically acts like it's part of his Halloween costume. And then he like, which I thought was funny. funny. I didn't think it was funny. It's pretty funny. It is funny, yeah, and it works. Like you, you could see why people would think because it definitely does look like he is wearing like it's a costume. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. He goes to this Halloween party and of course runs into this like hapless group of young adults, which also we have a repeat, the actress who played Ashley in All That We Destroy is also in this one, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cause she, yeah. she did so I love, good. I love, <laughs> yeah, I love seeing characters from other installments pop into other installments. Yeah. Like overall, it's, it was a fun, it was a fun little extra yeah. bit. And she's totally different to what she played before. Um, but yeah, so he like runs into them. They end up discovering the body's real. And so they steal the body. That is the best part of this movie. Following this group of people who are like, what's going on? And now have this dead body on their hands. I, like that was the fun. I enjoyed watching these friends. The worst mm -hmm. part of this movie. <laughs> Just say it. Is, Go ahead and say it, because we did agree on it. Is freaking Maggie. And Maggie <laughs> is this girl who meets the hitman early on. She's immediately like, has a lady boner. She loves this guy immediately. And she's okay with the fact that he kills people. So okay with it that she also wants to kill people. Huh? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so frustrating. And then she ends up following him the whole movie. She's like obsessed with him. Every time they talk, she's like, love me. Like, pick me, choose <laughs> Love me. Love me more. Yeah, please. And it's just very tiring. Yeah. And I think the bigger offender, not bigger, it's just as bad. But one of the big offenders is, like, they try and set her up to be more of this, like, proactive feminist type. Just so that when she ultimately falls into the clinging on the hitman's uh, arm, whatever, it doesn't seem as bad. But it's, like... All of the character development that we have for Maggie up until she meets this guy get completely thrown away the moment she falls in love with him. Like all of her 
devotions to feminism, all of her calling people out for catcalling, all that shit goes to the wayside. And now she is Santa's killer little helper. Yeah, <laughs> now she's Harley Quinn. And and I get it. That also is supposed to be ridiculous. The idea of this woman all of a sudden falling in love with this hitman and all of a sudden she's like obsessed with violence and she was kind of this nerdy, dorky person before that. I understand that that is also supposed to be, you know, a sense of or suspending your disbelief a little bit. But the character is just... She's such a nothing character. And I would have preferred having more time with just our hitman than having any time with Maggie. Because she doesn't, we don't get anything extra from her besides the fact that she's like, I just want someone to love me. And okay, like, have you ever tried okay cupid like what i don't get like i don't get why the one swipe away girl tinder bumble you know you Something. got them put that in your likes i guess that you love men that kill i don't know it's just like <laughs> it's just she's such a boring nothing character compared to the you know this man of mystery that we don't even really get to learn very much about which is fine but the only reason we don't learn very much about him is because we spend all this time learning about Maggie and nobody cares yeah. about her. Yeah. And the, the thing is, they had opportunities to take this character of Maggie. And even though she's fallen into this scenario already, there were places they could have explored um, with ideas of her really becoming a killer and like there's just more meat to her character that could have been added to make it worth watching her. But ultimately, she ends up being more of just a plot point or a plot device for the rest of the movie. And it's unfortunate mm -hmm. because the movie is still a fun watch. And again, for Halloween themed, does fantastic. The kills are actually quite brutal in this, mm -hmm. which come out of nowhere because you get the wackiness of everything. And then people start dying. And it is very visceral. Yes. Very gruesome kills, which you know you want on for a halloween movie you want some gore so yeah this one is number seven is the perfect place for this one because it is a very in the middle movie it's like mm -hmm. it's not good enough to put to be like higher but it's not bad it's fine like if you want to watch something to get you in the halloween spirit i i see no problem with this just be prepared for maggie you know, we warned you. She's going to be there, unfortunately. Um, You've been warned. So. This is also the first one in the series, too. So another, mm. if you don't start with New Year, New You, this is another great point to just start off from. It really gets you into the spirit of this entire anthology series. I, I absolutely agree. And so now um, let's go into number six. And I would like to say now, homies, that I think from this point on, any of the movies that we list now, I would say are worth a watch. Like we recommend these next ones. Mm -hmm. We're breaking into like Agreed. good territory. Agree. Agree. <laughs> With that being said, moving on to number six, we have School Spirit, which is the first day of school episode. For this one, we have a mixed bag of students are spending time together in weekend detention when they are forced to battle the urban legend attached to the school who is thought to be the cause of several student disappearances. 
Uh, so this one, this is a fun one. It's very like high school slasher, run of the mill. Like you, the after about fifteen minutes into this movie, you already know what kind of movie it is. But it's still fun to watch. Um, the kids were entertaining enough to us that we enjoyed seeing them, and it has quite a few twists that like you may or may not see coming but may surprise you Mm -hmm. this is actually one of the first into the dark episodes i had ever watched like before Mm -hmm. like a while ago and i was i had no idea what to expect from this and i was actually fairly surprised by how willing they were to kill off quite a lot of these kids and like Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah, they're it's a cool concept. I mean, guys, we've seen it a million times. The high school kids being terrorized and chased down one by one, blah blah blah. This is not we're not getting into like anything new and crazy. But I feel like it it's on that day that I watched it, that is exactly what I wanted to watch and it scratched that itch for me. I was like, I just want to get watch some high school kids get chased around by a kid. <laughs> and I got exactly that. And you know what else, homies? They do some like school related kills, <laughs> which is great. Like I want mm-hmm. to see people, I want to see you use school like tools to kill. Like, yeah, might as well make it interesting if you're going to be set in a school. Yeah. And that's the big thing about this movie is like, it's, Yeah, it's nothing new, but it's a lot of fun, and it does the thing that it's trying to do quite well. I think the only thing really holding this movie back and why it's number six on our list and not more high up is, again, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's a a slasher film around a couple of high school students. Um, It's not revolutionary in any way, but it's still a shit ton of fun to watch. And like I was I was surprised that I gave a shit about these kids. I'm going to be honest. Usually mm-hmm. at this point, I'm old and jaded. So whenever I see high school kids on screen, I don't give a shit. But I actually cared about these kids like they seem like good kids. Yeah. This movie to me is like the breakfast club meets the gallows. Like, no. And I'm not <laughs> trying to say quality rise because this is no this is no breakfast club. But they definitely do take on that. All of these kids are in a detention. Each kid fits into some kind of stereotype and Mm -hmm. they're being terrorized by this mascot type killer who is at their school. And I feel like all of the characters, not all of them, uh, most of them, despite being tropes of whatever they're meant to be, they're, you know, they're still interesting enough. I feel like they kind of try and flip some of them on their head and kind of you know show you oh but there's this different side to this character which is you know it's fine um i really like the main girl that we follow erica um Mm -hmm. she i wonder why (laughs) yeah if her name is spelled with a k maybe maybe this would have been higher but since it's a c they get number six um (laughs) she is she gets better as it goes along (laughs) like in the beginning she's kind of a blah character but by the end of it i liked what they did with her character oh yeah homegirl's got layers she's got mad layers and it's a fun i think it's a fun thing about the movie like one the ending is really dope um 
But it's fun because some of the characters are, like you said, pretty self-aware of their own tropes and they mess with you a little bit. Like the main character knows what trope you think she is. And it's fun to watch that get subverted, like while you're watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So like this is just a good one. This is a good one to just throw on. If you're in the mood for a slasher, this one to me out of all of them is the most straightforward almost mm -hmm. as far as like, yeah, it's just a bunch of teenagers getting killed by someone. You kind of have to figure out if this is a paranormal thing, if it's really somebody killing them and you just are along for the ride. This one, of course, yeah. it does have a twist ending, but still the rest of it feels the mo this one feels the most like blum to me. Mm -hmm. Like it, I wouldn't have been surprised if they, th you know, threw it in theaters, threw a PG-13 rating on it and all of a sudden and and they hired lucy hale to be the main actress i wouldn't have, i wouldn't have been surprised but i'm like yeah that makes a lot of sense so yeah that is school spirit also i like how first day of school is a holiday huh right i was like okay that's a stretch but i'll give it to you guys you're you're going you're going for this 12 month thing we'll give it to yeah. you but that's gonna be our number six <laughs> all right so getting into number five we have puka which is our christmas uh, episode and in Puka a struggling actor begins to fear he is being terrorized by the plush toy he is promoting so <laughs> Puka was an, an interesting <laughs> one uh, yes a trip is is a good way of saying it uh, Puka is if you don't enjoy movies that are like non-linear it's it's very much a movie where a bunch of things are being thrown at you like a bunch of different sequences the character you feel like you're losing your mind with a character i guess is the best way of saying that you are gonna be confused for like an hour of an hour and 20 minutes you're gonna be confused and then the last five minutes everything you know is is given to you so if you don't like those kinds of movies, I would definitely not recommend Puka because that's all it is, is mm -hmm. a jumbling of different sequences that when you find out what's really going on, then you can go back and put it all together. And But that's not to say that it's not a great movie because I really, really enjoyed this one. Um, this one, I think, has some of the coolest shots and some of the most beautiful yeah. like setup shots, in my opinion. Yeah. Also, Puka's pretty terrifying. Like, oh, yeah. all in all, it's coming from your resident. I hate dolls in general. Puka <laughs> is definitely on that list of dolls I will never purchase, never will give to a child of mine. And if a child brings that into my home, they are banned and I am burning that shit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie, though, because of the confusion. Like, I'm one of those people that I like not knowing where a movie's going and it's near impossible to like really figure out where this movie's going until you've seen it through once completely and it's fun though because like the the feeling you you said it great that feeling of going crazy i feel like you feel that along with the character because for the majority of the movie you're just like what is this doll doing 
And the movie does not spoon feed you what's happening. You have to piece it together yourself. It's not holding your hand. And I think it's a fun thing about watching this movie. It's also pretty Christmassy, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it definitely scratches a Christmas itch. It does, because a lot, a, a lot of the color scheme of this movie is red. Because this puka doll is... It kind of reminded me of like a Furby, the way that it would just randomly start talking. Like the way that the doll is set up, it it has like a naughty or nice mode. When it's naughty, its eyes turn bright red and its voice gets really deep and it can like repeat what you're saying. And so a lot of times when things are going wrong in this movie, the lighting is completely red, which is Christmassy A, but also you know allowed them to set up some really crazy cool lighting i think that this one although it's set at christmas did a very good job of not being about christmas um Mm -hmm. and also the characters in this one are some of the best characters i think like as far as the way that they were written, especially particularly the main person we're following, which is Wilson, I believe is his name. He Mm -hmm. is a very interesting character and the way that he's played, you do have to wonder like, is he going crazy or is Puka alive? And I think that that is a huge part of the actor. Cause he seems like, he seems like this innocent, harmless guy, but another case of like, this character has got levels that you don't get to see until you're deeper into the movie. So it's very it's very fun to kind of crack this mystery of what's actually happening mm-hmm. in the Puka universe. Yeah. And also, I thought it was funny. Uh, I wanted to mention this to you, how that conversation that he has um, with his love interest, whose name I can't remember. They have this conversation and he mentions that he is an actor and mm-hmm. immediately she's like, Oh, well, would I have seen you in anything? That is like the worst question to get as an actor is when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm an actor. And they're like, well, what would I have, what would I recognize you from? And you're like, I uh. I, I haven't been in anything. Like, <laughs> like, just because I'm an actor yeah. doesn't mean I've been in like TV shows and movies. I don't know. That that question always threw what me off. What for Nolan movie have you been yeah. in that I've seen? Like, yeah. This, I, 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 I I had forgotten about that, but it's great that you bring that up. Like, I think this movie also gets like little extra brownie points. Like if you're at all involved in acting or you've ever been to an audition in your life, there are going to be some parts to this that just absolutely tickle you. Like the audition sequence in this movie struck gold for me. I thought I loved it. Um, and it's one of those where it's it's a small thing that if you've got the background for like you notice what they're doing there but just another another pro on the long list of reasons why you should be watching Puka. yeah and and this movie too like the details of it i think are like so amazing like from Mm -hmm. background to just little small things that you maybe pick up, maybe you don't. If you do, then great. If you don't, you know, you'll maybe the next time around you'll see. Like those small minor details that they threw in, you can tell that they took a lot of care and it was very well thought out, like every sequence. And 
Yeah, I love that. Even the, even in the acting room, it was like when he was waiting to go into his audition, every single person there was wearing like basically the same plaid shirt. And I don't know, it was just like little things like that I thought were awesome and just like made me laugh. So that was our number five. And now we're going to number four. All right. Well, at number four, we have Down, the Valentine's Day episode. This one is about two office workers, Jennifer and Guy, who were trapped in an elevator over Valentine's weekend. A romance begins to blossom between the two. However, there is far more to this chance meeting than meets the eye. Uh, This is another one that we were quite divisive on. This Um, is probably our biggest uh, argument. Yeah, biggest (laughs) argument. And was in the was in the uh, ether for the longest out of all these movies but i will say i fought to get this one lower on the list because i really <laughs> enjoyed down um it is it's got it's got a lot of pros um one of the biggest ones being that a lot of i mean listen to the premise there are two people trapped in the elevator a good hour of this movie all takes place within an elevator however these characters are complex enough that it's actually still engaging to watch them in this one setting and any movie that can pull off a one setting already gets a lot of points for me and then on top of that the two the actor and the actress who play these roles do a fantastic job with these characters mm-hmm. yeah these characters definitely feel the most real their conversation is very natural and it makes sense like you know they're two strangers that work in the same building but are now stuck in this area together and have to communicate with each other and i feel like the way that the conversation progresses makes a lot of sense because it's a very intimate Mm -hmm. situation right away because they're in this small space but they don't know each other and like watching them kind of communicate and build up this weird relationship is it's fun like i enjoy just listening to them talk because a lot like the first maybe 15 20 minutes of the movie is basically just them getting to know each other yeah and it's it's interesting because it's hard to kind of tell until you get into you know, the latter half of this movie, it's kind of hard to tell where the movie's going to go because we're getting, this is the, this is the Valentine's Day episode. So we're getting this sort of romantic vibe here, but we have this consistent danger of the fact that they're trapped in an elevator with limited resources over a weekend where there might not be anyone coming to the building at all. And so with those two things alone, you already have a compelling story, but they find ways to add in even more tension later on, which I really fucking loved. Um, Though to not just fully praise this one, even though it's like this far up on the list, it does have its flaws. And one of the ones that we definitely agreed on was um, one of the main characters makes some very questionable choices in the heat of the moment that could have definitely got them yes. out of danger. Here's the thing. I, obviously, Roshane said he put it up very high, which means that I was the one who put it low. And I very much enjoyed this movie. I had a good time. But when the writing of a character is so good 
in the beginning and feel so truthful. It was just frustrating to me when later on in the movie, despite them being, you know, very intelligent and very headstrong and confident or a certain way in the beginning, later on in the movie, they just kind of almost make a turn to me and start acting out of character. Now, what I will say is I understand that this character was like under stress and in a very scary situation and was not thinking straight. That is fine. I will give you a mistake for that. But my issue is when you then make that same mistake two more times with the same outcome <laughs> and you're like, not learning from that or trying to be smarter or try something different. That was the only thing that bummed me out. And maybe I was a little hard on it because it made me so frustrated because I liked that these characters so much and I wanted to root for them the whole way through. And when I couldn't, maybe I just got pissed off and I was like, screw you. And then like put them really high. (laughs) Honestly, that might've happened, but, um, but I was gonna say I I know I do think after we talked about it that it's a valid thing to add to this movie because it's true is there's so much good in this movie and the writing and the characters that a lot of times it feels like a bunch of the conflict points in this story happen when characters do something that's a little out of pocket for them or that's influenced by them being in a hysterical or highly emotional state which can work one time but yeah when you keep doing it repeatedly then it becomes a little bit problematic which the character did do Mm -hmm. several times when it's like this movie probably could have ended 40 minutes in had the characters been just a little bit calmer in their situations but right and i think the thing about it too is they they built themselves into this elevator right like that was the setting So then they had to find reasons for them to stay in the elevator. And those reasons just in turn made this character seem very stupid. But that was because they were like, well, we have to stay here. I honestly would have had no issues if they would have allowed them to get out of the elevator, but still been confined to the building in some way. I honestly think that would have solved things or just found better ways of you know, having them stay instead of making this character make so many mistakes. And now, like I said, like, and that is no, the movie is still like a great movie despite that. It's just, it could have been better. Yeah. It's not, it's not a perfect movie by any means, but it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. And that is why it does take our number four slot. Mm -hmm. So moving on to number three. Number three. Okay, so number three is the movie <laughs> Flesh and Blood, which is the Thanksgiving um, episode. And in this one, a young woman with agoraphobia begins to realize she may have more to fear inside her home than out. So this movie, this is this movie <laughs> to me was the reason that down couldn't be higher because in contrast to that movie the protagonist in this movie is very very clever and very smart and i really the entire way through enjoyed 
watching them have to adjust and adapt and like find a way out of their situation. I mm-hmm. appreciated the way that she's written. I'm trying to find her name. I think it's Kayla. Uh, <laughs> Kim. Kim. I knew it was a K. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah. So we have this character named Kim who I believe is meant to be like late teenager is yeah age i i think something like that like probably like junior senior of high school okay yeah and yeah so she is agoraphobic so she cannot leave her house and she just you know just is a very like she plays herself as a teenager and you know in the in the sense of she kind of has these little attitude fits but also at the same time she's lost her mother recently like everything makes sense for her character the way that she acts you still like her she's not like a teenager where you're like oh I I can't stand being around you like you still like her and you root for her and you want to see her succeed so when she does what she does and she's so smart it's just so satisfying like yeah to watch (laughs) and this i mean most of the story revolves around her and her dad who her dad is uh very well played first and foremost Mm -hmm. the dad was out of all these movies one of my favorite played characters just in terms of like it, it was really hard to get a read on this guy and you always get the sense of unease whenever that character is there and watching kim navigate that along with like the more information she gets throughout the course of the movie is just absolutely fascinating and this one was between this and down it was for me a close race um but after some conversation one of the things that erica points out is these characters i do think more so than in down follow through with their own character ideas and beliefs throughout the entire movie Mm -hmm. and they stick to them like they don't have to change them for the course of the plot. They still na- they're still themselves, but they navigate with the circumstances that they're given throughout the course of the movie. Yes. And this is very similar to Down. This also has a very small cast. You only really meet three people and the biggest thing is you're following Kim and her dad for the majority of this movie. And I feel like they were strong enough to be, get away with that and make it work. The ending of this movie to me felt earned and, you know, meaningful. And also, this is like a slight spoiler, but also fairly obvious. If you even like read the <laughs> the synopsis, <laughs> you're like, okay, I know what's going on. But yeah, so basically, you know, Kim is living with her dad and she finds out that her dad she suspects that her dad is a a serial killer eventually throughout the movie and there is a part in this movie that could have thrown it all off and i was worried that it would and is the idea that we've seen this movie before right like the parent that is keeping their child locked away from the world for some reason or another or the parent that has like these nefarious plans 
and the kid finds out. I mean, we have a bunch of those movies and I was worried that this would be very similar. But I think that the way that they played it off felt fresh enough for me to still be very interested in the story because the the backbone of it is is that the dad really does love his daughter and he thinks he's and he wants the best for her it has nothing to do with her he just happens to be a serial killer and then like for kim she really loves her dad so she's conflicted for a lot of it about getting help which could have been stupid because you would be like okay just get help but at the same time it's like they are a family still and so and that's the thing is like watching that connection kind of unfold and watching them navigate that is very it's very fresh and it feels new because yeah normally the parent would just be like okay you're you're an issue so i gotta get rid of you now now that you know but in this one it's like no they explore this idea that these are two people that love each other. Unfortunately, one of them <laughs> is doing some really bad shit. And uh, you can't just keep moving on with life that way, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Would highly recommend it. Top three, guys. We are in the top three now. All of these. The must watch. The musts. The homies musts. So now <laughs> let's get into our number two. All right, and as we whittle down, coming in at number two, we have I'm Just Fucking With You. And no, I'm not fucking with you. That's actually the title. (laughs) This is our April Fool's episode. Um, This one revolves around Larry, an internet troll who is staying at a motel as he returns home to attend his ex's wedding. He meets Chester, a motel manager who has a sick sense of humor And then he begins tormenting him with escalating level of pranks. This one is just a fun, fantastic horror movie slasher thriller of a ride from beginning to end. Um, Super stylized. The guys knew exactly what they wanted with this movie. And I think they executed that really, really well. Um, We both loved our antagonist in (laughs) Chester. (laughs) He is one hell of a bad guy um you within 20 minutes of watching this movie you understand why because he's just such a yo he's such a layered character and one of the things that we talked about loving is watching a non-supernatural killer doing their thing like a regular old dude but he's just smart about the shit that he does and god dude this movie's so fun. It's yeah. so fun. It's so fun. It's actually really funny. It's like this movie I kept putting off because, yeah, I didn't watch them in order, by the way, guys. I, I kept putting this one off because I just didn't know if I was going to like it because from the the trailer, it, it seemed like Chester was going to be really, really annoying. And so I was just like, I don't know. And yes, he is annoying, but like charmingly so. He's fu- the things he's funny enough and charismatic enough that you are like you want to see what he's gonna do next because he's this jokester, but all of his pranks keep escalating, and so you never know. He's definitely the definition of like a wild card. You have no idea what he's gonna do next, and. You can he's like he's like the Joker before he became the Joker, <laughs> he's the like Joker's straight up villain origin story. <laughs> <laughs> and like and you can understand why people 
because you know we we follow a couple of the the guests that are there our main two are brother and sister duo named larry and rachel but then there's an, also another guy there named, named jerry and you could see why people would get mad at chester because everybody knows a chester in their life like somebody that just can't take stuff seriously and doesn't know when to stop joking around and it's kind of annoying but then they are also kind of understanding and compassionate sometimes and they are a fun person and so you can understand why when he does take something too far and then he turns around and kind of apologizes for the for what he's done or you know does something for them to make them feel better they kind of let it slide i felt like mm -hmm. that was very realistic and i understood why they up to a point you know <laughs> why they <Yeah. laughs> continued to let him in that's the thing though right it's so hard to hate chester like it's so hard to hate him like even though he is very clearly the villain he's just so he's so charming and like like he does do that a ton where he'll do something bad but then he'll give a very sincere apology about it two seconds later and it's just so hard to get a read on this guy so watching watching him every time he's on screen it's always just like yo what's about to happen like what's he gonna do because nobody knows mm -hmm. it's so hard and even when he's off screen but they're just dealing with him you never know what's gonna happen to the characters because you're just like oh god did Chester do or did yeah did Chester do something to this like oh did he sabotage this like what's going on like you're always on edge and like as it starts spiraling and getting progressively worse that tension increases but the funny still stays so the humor's still there even though things are getting a lot more dangerous and a lot more violent you still find yourself laughing and kind of mm -hmm. connecting with this villain. Yeah. Also, guys, there's the use of an eagle screech in this movie that had me <laughs> dying. I was <mean>, like, <laughs> a one eagle so screech, good. man. Um, that has a it's very, it's very retro, dude. Yes. I actually, I was all about it. It's got this very 80s. Miami Vice retro mm -hmm. vibe. Yeah, it has a very '80s aesthetic because it's like set in an old like motel, and everything is neon, and so it sets up some really cool shots. And because of all the lighting and the way that the motel looks, a lot of it is like the background of a lot of the shots just looks awesome because this motel is like so straight out of the 80s in the middle of like this rundown <laughs> road. Um, mm -hmm. And also, too, I just want to like giving the other characters as well some praise. I think that they do a very good job of setting up, you know, what type of people these characters are very quickly and it's not through mm -hmm. what they say or you know, it's more th through what they do like i love when you can infer how a character is through what you see Just rather than exposition yeah because even our main character larry like right away you know he's a germaphobe he's kind of uptight he he has a troll account where he just like messes with people because he's so meek and timid in real life that he has to like wear this persona yeah. online to be able to say the things that he wants and dude i love that we had a protagonist that wasn't just like a perfect dude like he was very he was very gray in terms of like mm -hmm. yeah we're following him and he's a protagonist but like he's he does some fucked up shit so it's yeah. like he's not perfect he's a very imperfect character and it's fun to have that 
And then this bad guy who's definitely bad, but you kind of like him. Yeah, because it's like part of you kind of wants to see Larry like have his comeuppance. But then another part of mm-hmm. you is like, oh, but I don't. But do I want Chester to win? Like, yeah, kind of. But but then, <laughs> you know, once we meet Rachel and we get to see this other side of Larry, then you kind of feel bad for him. I love the like way that this movie makes you feel about every character, depending on what is happening at the time, because I definitely at the beginning, I didn't care what happened to Larry. But by the end of it, I, I did. And I think that that, you know, is well done to them because I really didn't think I was going to like Larry mm-hmm. like, at all. I was like, oh, but yeah, by the <laughs> end of it, he's he is, you know, somebody that you can you can root for in some capacity at least. But you're still rooting for Chester, too. Yeah. But yeah, that's going to be our number two, which leaves only one movie yet. If you've been keeping up, you probably know what that is. But mm-hmm. Erica, if you would do us the honors and i would like to say to homies this number one we both had as our number one we didn't have to switch anything around like we <laughs> both ranked it as number one we separately we oh, knew we knew <laughs> so number one is culture shock which is the independence day episode and in this one a young Mexican woman attempts to cross the border in search of the American dream, but soon finds herself trapped in a nightmare. This one was so in concept, in filming, in acting. I felt like this one was not far beyond the others because the others are, don't get me wrong, the others are good. but how everything came together in this one was so good like from start to finish these characters are so layered so Mm -hmm. interesting you want to know what happens to them you're rooting for all of them and the way that it's shot is so interesting in comparison from when we are following her in mexico to when we are following her once she is in America, are shot so different, and they're so interesting. They almost feel like two different movies, but they're also so cohesive that it works so well as one movie. Like, yeah. everything just came together in this one. It's, it's like, shocking how much they're able to pull <laughs> off in this movie. It is actually shocking because, I mean, first and foremost, like, this one just stands out between all the rest of them because it's got that cultural side to it right i mean you start this movie it's the only one that's in subtitles you know what i mean which they even use as a plot device part part way through which i'm like what the f but Mm -hmm. it, it already gets they they set up this vibe perfectly um i think they really capture the essence that they're going for about the kind of horror of trying to cross the border and get into the States and what actually happens there. And that in and of itself is so compelling of a horror movie alone that the fact that they're able to even layer on the horrors of what the actual American dream is on top of that towards the end of the movie blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, honestly, I feel like you covered everything. I'm just like the writing is so good. The plot so good the characters 
are so good. You can't help but want to root for these characters. You want the best for these characters. You don't want to see stuff happen to them. But the whole time, you're just not sure if they're going to make it. Like, it's very tense. Mm-hmm. And it's very... Um, well, first of all, the whole, like, way that the town that they end up in cape joy the whole way like the way everything is it was very stepford wives to me but it also reminded me of the cat in the hat where the like live action it is very like hoovian bright colors very like pastels everything is very 60s like americana and i like i loved how much of a juxtaposition that was to the way that they portrayed um, Mexico and the way the first movie was set up, or the first movie, (laughs) the first half of the movie was set up, was so, like, jarring to see them now be in this, you know, beautiful American dream. And the, the main protagonist, is so Marisol. She's so smart. She's so headstrong. She She is a badass. Goddamn Marisol is a badass. She does not care. She's like, she immediately, not immediately, but basically it doesn't take her very much time to realize that something is wrong and try and fix things. And she is willing to just try and try and try again and, you know, figure things out because... This is kind of what she wanted, but not at all what she wanted. It's like at first she's like, oh, my God, this is everything I fought for. But then she realizes like, no, this is not like this is not what I fought for. This is not the way that things were supposed to happen. Like, what is going on? Why am I here? And she works so hard to not only like break herself out, of her situation but she cares about the other people that are there too it's not just like oh my god i got like i need to figure out how i can get myself free of what's happening like she mm-hmm. tries hard to not only get herself but everybody else that she knows and recognizes out of there as well and i'm like girl why are you so why are you so cool what are also, you doing um fighting for her fucking life for an hour plus while pregnant the whole goddamn mm-hmm. time, like on top of everything, homegirl is doing this whole story arc pregnant. She mm-hmm. is badass of the year, badass. Of, I don't, I don't care if this came out in 2019, badass of 2019 and 2020. Goddamn, Maddie's soul, so good. Yeah, she's so good. All of the characters though are, like everybody plays a part and is very important in her journey. And kind of her growing up, like we kind of watch her learn from her experiences and that helps her make each decision. And it's so then by the time you get to the end, it's just like the way that they ended it was the perfect ending for this. Yeah, movie. it was so good. In my opinion, I was like, yep, that that makes total sense. And I loved it. I, I could have. I could have watched this movie not knowing that it was part of this anthology series just as a standalone movie and left fully satisfied. Like this one stands on its own two feet. It is a clear cut winner above the rest in our opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, 
God, it was it was just so good. It's so good. I yeah. would I would suggest, homies, if you're gonna watch multiple of these, do not watch this one first because it will make the rest of them mm-hmm. feel quite a bit lacking. It's just so strong in comparison to some of the others all the way through. Even like learning about her background, the way that everything unfolds in this movie, it's perfectly paced as well. Some of these movies do have some pacing issues, but this one is is paced very well. You get just enough of her life in Mexico, and then you also get just enough of her trying to figure you know, out her American life. All of that is like the perfect amount. I think if they had done any longer either way, maybe it would have run into some issues but nah they nailed it first time <laughs> well not first try what was this like number this was pretty far down this is the like, i think this was the 10th one that came okay. out but you not know what first try just, just, <laughs> just kick that zero out of there and you get where it rightfully belongs in its number one spot yeah first try they nailed it and i want to see more movies like culture shock like in the series in the next season i want to see more culture shocks that's true because this is the this is the first season so there's a whole nother season of movies for us to (laughs) potentially do (laughs) yes homies we did the well we did the first season we actually were thinking about doing the second season but um with everything with COVID and everything they had to push back some of the releases so they only have 10 episodes out in the second season, I'm, I believe. Either 9 or 10. So we were waiting for the last few to come out. So maybe once that whole season has been released, maybe we'll we'll take a look at that one. And maybe mm, do maybe. a little ranking of those if you homies so wish. Um, let us know what you thought of our rapid ranking. And also let us know if you want us to do like a full review on any of these. Um, because we wouldn't mind, (laughs) we would not mind talking about any of these in full because there's definitely a lot more that we could have gone into, but we tried to keep it as short as possible so that you guys still had some surprises when you watch it. Yeah, yeah, we tried to stay succinct, but uh, we we debated for a while. It took a it took a bit. <laughs> it took a bit. There was a lot to say about these movies. Yes, um, we debated for a while. We did record us ranking them um maybe we'll come out with that as like a bonus or something in the future let's hold that for extra credit we'll we'll figure out what we'll do with that later Extra credit (laughs) extra credit we'll see we'll see we're feeling generous in 2021 (laughs) but that is it homies for our official ranking of every single installment of season one of Into the Dark. I would very, very much like to know if if any of you guys have by chance watched all of season one, um, I would love to know how you guys would rank, how you guys would like rank the, all of those movies. Even if you haven't watched all of them, if you've seen any, I'm just interested in what you think and let us know if you agree with our pros or our cons of that one um but that is it for our new year's extravaganza homies please (laughs) i'll insert champagne bottles popping right here (laughs) champagne bottles
Champagne. Okay, and you know we popping champagne like on the <laughs> Um and don't forget, homies, no episode on Monday. We will be taking a little just a skosh of a break. Let our bodies and our minds uh take a little breather. But don't worry, we will be back the week after that. Feel free to catch up on all of our episodes and any of our bonus episodes. If you haven't gotten a chance to catch up on that, we've got quite a few out. And also, homies, this is our 31st episode, and this is coming out on December 31st. So, I don't know. I just We just thought that was kind of cute. Um, Can so you we just two, wanted to let you guys... 31 episodes already? Oh, my God. God, that's crazy. I know. Right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please continue. I'm just my mind. <laughs> I just can't believe it. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. So that's very exciting. Um, thank you guys for listening to 30 episodes so far. Um, we hope that you continue to listen as this year is ending. We just want to say we are so happy that you guys have been enjoying our content we are so thankful to you homies and we are so thankful to our horror community who has been so welcoming and we have been loving doing this and we hope you guys have been loving listening and so we just want to let you homies know how grateful we have been for what the last few months that we've been doing this it's been yeah, awesome. six months dude we, it would it wouldn't have been the same without you homies thank you so much for adding this level of joy into this weird time that we call 2020. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have made it a blast and it's been honestly a fucking honor to be able to come on here and do this for you guys. So thank you so much for consuming the content that we are continually uh, dropping on the weekly. Yes. And as always, homies, Feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you're thinking, what you're watching, what you're drinking, et cetera, et cetera. Um, feel free to send us requests for movies. Now that the holidays are over, we are back to doing whatever, whenever. So please send us requests for any movies or recommendations that you guys have. You can reach out to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. And, um, oh, yes, homies. I almost forgot. Can you believe it? Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> we very much appreciate it. Going into the new year, we would love to have some brand spanking new ratings and reviews to check out. And we always love hearing from you homies and it would just brighten our 2021. So yeah, please let us know what you think on there. But other than that, we are heading out. Goodbye, 2020. Fuck you. And we won't <laughs> be seeing you again. And we will catch you next year, homies. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you in 2021, homies. <laughs> Bye. Bye.